Welcome to another special edition of Soccer Every Day. This is Felipe Cardenas, and it's special because now we know which cities are going to be host cities for the FIFA World Cup in 2026. The 2026 World Cup is a co-hosted bid uh, featuring cities from the United States, Mexico, and Canada. And yesterday, on Thursday, uh, FIFA had a big event in New York City, and there were several watch parties around the country, uh, also in Canada and Mexico awaiting the big news who's getting in and who's getting snubbed so today i'm going to talk a little bit about the cities that were chosen a little bit about those cities that were not and i'm going to focus uh specifically on atlanta and their winning bid i am here in atlanta i was at the event so i think there are some interesting takeaways uh from that uh from that angle as well from from a southern city that that sort of has emerged over the last 10 years as a legitimate soccer hotbed. Uh, So let's start with the cities that were chosen. I mentioned Atlanta. There are 11 cities in the United States that will host World Cup games in 2026. The first one, Atlanta, Boston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Seattle. Those are the 11 cities representing the United States. The three cities in Mexico are Guadalajara, Mexico City, and Monterey, and then two cities in Canada, Toronto and Vancouver. So in total, we have 16 host cities for the 2026 World Cup. There are going to be 48 teams for the first time in a long time. I'm not going to go on a tangent there. I'm not a fan of that, but hey, it's going to absolutely thrash attendance records, uh, previous attendance records, and in all previous World Cups, it's going to be just an absolute party in 2026. Um, let's talk about some of the cities that were not chosen quickly, because uh, there are some very, very notable snubs. I mean, I, I, if you think about a World Cup, the typically the capital city of that country. Um, is a major player. So in this case, Washington, D.C. had a joint bid, D.C., Baltimore, and they weren't chosen. So the the capital city of the United States will not be part of this World Cup bid um, as a host city. Now, afterwards, uh, it was revealed that D.C. will have watch parties. Uh, there will be a significant sort of World Cup watch party during the tournament in 2026. Uh, But again, small potatoes when you're not hosting games. Uh, And so that's a huge, huge miss by by the D.C. organizers there. Uh, Just a major strikeout on their part. The other cities that were not chosen, uh, if you want to call them snubs, fine. But Nashville, I mean, they have a new stadium. Uh, They are also emerging as as an interesting soccer town in, in the south. Edmonton, a Canadian city, obviously, not chosen. Orlando, not chosen. Uh, Cincinnati, with their essentially the home of the U.S. men's national team and their brand new stadium, which is a very nice stadium. I've been there. It is loud. Uh, it's very. It feels very European, if you will. Not not in like a very modern sense. It just has like a the look and feel of a true European soccer stadium. But Cincinnati again overlooks. And then the other, the final snub was Denver. Um, I thought I really thought Denver was a long shot. You know, they did they did something that Chicago didn't though. They actually made the effort to bid on a world as a World Cup host. Chicago, one of the premier cities in the United States, which was a, a big city, a big host city in the 1994 World Cup in the U.S., did not even submit 
a bid for this World Cup, for the 2026 World Cup. I mean, that that's that's honestly pretty ridiculous for a city like Chicago, but perhaps that tells you more about the politics in Chicago than anything else. Um, something interesting, though, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Dallas, New York, New Jersey, and Boston, now they become the only cities to have also hosted games in the 1994 World Cup. So there's a little bit of history being made as well. Uh, so those are the cities. We, we now know where these games are going to be played. Uh, I was at a meeting at, at, an, at the FIFA event in Atlanta. And one of the big questions that I think everyone listening is, is going to ask me. So let's just get to it. When are we going to find out which games these cities are going to host? Uh, and, and that's the big one. I mean, I mean, at this point, these cities are all, they've won their bid and now they start another bid to, to really get the games that they want. Uh, some, so you're, you're going to see some cities and some venues just go all in for the big matches, the opening ceremony, the semifinals, a quarterfinal, and obviously the world cup final. Uh, what I learned walking away from the event in Atlanta is that it's not always about quality you know there is uh there is some value in quantity in getting more games and so for a city like atlanta that uh you know i honestly thought it was a slam dunk you know when i when when the fifa officials were here in atlanta in september of last year uh the vibe in that meeting when they allowed the press to to sort of ask them questions uh it just felt like it was a city in a bid that was going to win uh, the, the, the FIFA officials, CONCACAF president, Victor Montagliani, Darren Eels from the Atlanta United president, uh, the whole bid committee from Atlanta, they were all getting along very well. They were cracking jokes, giggling together. The confidence was high. So honestly, I was not surprised to see Atlanta get, uh, you know, earn this bid. But now people want to know what games are Atlanta are going to get. Now, I asked the mayor of Atlanta, Atlanta Mayor Andre Dickens during the event, if he felt that Atlanta w- was a city that was equipped to, to handle a World Cup final, because that's what we're talking about, right? Like, if you're going to go big, you go you go as big as you can. And he said, yes, his, his I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said that Atlanta has done this before. They've been here before. They hosted the 1996 Summer Olympics. Uh, they've demonstrated their capacity you know, to hold a major international sporting event. Uh, and, and so I think if you go on Twitter and you just talk to fans and you've been reading about this since uh, since last year and over the years when Atlanta was clearly, you know, bidding to become host city, the big get is, is a semifinal, right? Like everyone is talking about, oh, Atlanta is going to get this semifinal. This is what I learned walking away. The semifinal sounds great. Atlanta hosting a, sem- a World Cup semifinal would be, historic would be amazing but you want to get more than just one game you want to get more than just two games i mean go for six go for the go for as many games as you can not just a semifinal. perhaps in that package of games that atlanta is going to bid on is a big game is a big semifinal. but here's the thing that i learned in just you know talking to officials there is that uh, you know, something that's not talked about a lot is with when you're essentially handing over your venue to FIFA for a month. And so that means that, you know, in the case of, of Atlanta, no Atlanta United games during the summer. I mean, MLS is the only league in the world that still plays games during a World Cup. 
And then there's no concerts either. No concerts. I mean, Mercedes-Benz Stadium is a venue for all types of events. You've got the famous uh, monster truck rallies that happen all the time. Uh, the you know big concerts, big time artists come to Atlanta. And then obviously Atlanta United shares Mercedes-Benz Stadium with the Atlanta Falcons. So you're handing over your venue for a month. You don't get to really use it other than for, the, for these games. The employees are left twiddling their thumbs what are we going to do for a month so expect officials i think here in atlanta to really go for it and and try to get as many games as they can and just maximize that opportunity um you know i think that's what other venues will do as well but again the the big talk is around what games are are these cities going to get in the case of atlanta everyone wants to know that we found out during the event that those uh that big reveal uh, will take place next summer. FIFA will then release the schedule uh, for each venue. So a long way to go, about a, about a year to go for that. And specifically 1,455 days until kickoff of the 2026 World Cup uh, in the United States. How do I know that number? Well, I spoke to Dietmar Exler. He is the AMB chief operating officer a and b is the 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 large organization that really that that manages mercedes-benz stadium and and many other of arthur blank's businesses and i spoke to him just you know after the event and he had that number ready to go he knows exactly the 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 minutes that he has to plan the number of days that he has to get this done so uh that that is really what we're going to see moving forward cities really going for the games that they want now, if you are an Atlanta United fan or even just a, a U.S. soccer fan, you've been following Twitter. There's a big discussion about how can Atlanta or even Seattle get a game if they have turf, as if they have artificial turf fields. And so that question was answered as well. Listen, I've, I've been saying it. It was never going to be an issue. Uh, I don't have the information out of Seattle. I'm assuming that they have the same capabilities to convert their pitch their artificial turf pitch into a natural grass grass field uh, what we learned today in atlanta is that yes confirmation uh in in february of 2026 the the process of converting the mercedes-benz artificial turf into grass will begin uh what this gentleman dietmar exler told us was that in in he described it as intense discussions with FIFA about the grass, about the artificial turf and grass. So, you know, perhaps that's why it was such a talking point. It was a major uh, point of emphasis for FIFA. Uh, The entire time, I think the Atlanta uh, bid or organization, the committee, and even uh, speaking to Steve Cannon, who's the CEO of AMB, when I spoke to him last fall, they didn't see it as a big deal. I think they know the capabilities of the stadium and it was something that they understood was going to get done. What Dietmar Exler said, who's really been managing this whole process with the turf, is that the way he said it is that the artificial turf at Mercedes-Benz Stadium is replaced every two years. So the next time that they do that, um, that the process of uh, essentially beginning, the beginning process of converting uh, that field to tur- to artifact to natural grass. I'm sorry, will begin, and he described it as underpinnings and under and underground irrigation and ventilation. So they'll start that process, uh, and, and then finally they'll put the natural turf on top of that two years later. 
Now, the, the sort of discussions that are going to happen are what kind of grass uh, is the best grass for a stadium that has a roof, a stadium that will not be getting natural sunlight all the time. Uh, the roof is also uh, something that Darren Eels at Line United President Darren Eels mentioned as something that is going to work out wonderfully for Atlanta in the summer. So if you live in Atlanta, you understand there are summer thunderstorms. You understand that the heat here is pretty intense. But they're not concerned if there's a storm, if it's too hot, they're just going to close the roof and they're good to go. So essentially, that's from a logistical standpoint, I think those are the major to do's that Atlanta has to take care of. And they're going to get those done Uh, again. And speaking to other officials, I think the big thing for these World Cup cities uh, obviously is just the security around the stadium, security around the city. uh, And what's happening, what what sort of experiential events are going to take place? around the stadium. Atlanta, I think, has, uh, you know, this is why I always felt like Atlanta was a shoe-in is because it's a downtown, it's a downtown stadium. Uh, it's it's not far from, 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 from uh, Centennial Olympic Park, which is downtown. It's not far from Piedmont Park. It's not far from a lot of the attractions. The stadium itself has just a, a great, they call it the Home Depot backyard. It's great for events. So you can keep people at the stadium for hours before and post game. Uh, And then after the game, you have all these international visitors in downtown Atlanta and the surrounding boroughs. And so it really was uh, something that I did not expect. Uh, I did not expect to be surprised. I think the committee in talking to them and in hearing their remarks, uh, they didn't, they obviously did not crack uh, pop open the champagne until they got that final uh announcement and everyone was thrown off by atlanta being part of the central region by the way the committee the the committee head was like we were all talking and we saw dallas and then we saw houston and they they sort of stopped paying attention because they're like okay like we're not part of the you know of the central region and then all of a sudden atlanta came up after houston uh and that's when they started celebrating so it was there were some tense moments from what i understand but i think again atlanta was was good to go uh, you know, I think finally, before we end this here, you know, something that I think is interesting about Atlanta and probably listen about other cities as well, Philadelphia, uh, who, you know, the Philadelphia Union is a, is a, essentially a new team. I think they kicked off in 2011. And so the, the role of Major League Soccer, their clubs, their facilities, uh, that is talked a lot about a lot as far as how these cities uh, really won their bids. And Atlanta is no different. I think we know that Atlanta United has this spectacular stadium. Uh, they ha- they really do have wonderful training facilities. I've been there several times. I had a tour the other day with with other members of the press. Uh, and it's, it's a first-class facility. It's a facility that you can see um, as being essentially the home base for any country that wants to come in and, and, and sort of choose Atlanta as their base during the World Cup. And that's precisely what Carlos Bocanegra, uh, Atlanta United's technical director, uh, told us. You know, I asked Carlos Bocanegra straight up, like, what was your role in this bid? Because you know, everyone's talking about Atlanta United and, and the sellout crowds and, and the soccer culture. And that is a huge hat tip to the fans and to the city and obviously to the club um, for, for building this culture. But I was really interested to know, like, what Carlos Bocanegra, what Darren Eels, you know, what truly was the role of the club? And so according to Bocanegra, it was really they, they had to showcase 
Atlanta United's facilities to FIFA and essentially give them also a preview of what a game day match day experience is like. And so officials were there. Officials had been to Atlanta United games before. Um, and the, uh, Boca Negra mentioned that I'm sure the digital team prepared videos of what the stadium atmosphere is like. Uh, and that that's really it. I think for, for Atlanta, it's like there wasn't a lot to do. Again, there was a lot done. A lot of people worked very hard on this. But I just feel like Atlanta... The stadium, the culture, the fans, the buzz that is still around the team, uh, you know, despite them not being a title contender like they were when they really kicked off their first three years, uh, you really get a sense that it doesn't take much for Atlanta United, for Atlanta and the fans to just really engage with the team and, and with the stadium and really turn it into a magnificent atmosphere. So it was job done for Atlanta. And something else that Carlos Bocanegra said, you know, something that he feels the fans are going to enjoy within the process is seeing actually, you know, the, the transformation of the turf, you know, seeing the innovation, the technology that takes place uh, during that two-year process. And so, yes, it raises a lot of questions about where is Atlanta United going to play when FIFA essentially has taken over their stadium? Uh, you know, I think the they're going to probably have a long stretch of road games. It's going to look like their expansion season uh, when they were in between stadiums, between Bobby Dodd Stadium and Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and they had to go play a bunch of road games. It's what a lot of teams do when they're opening new stadiums, and that could be something that Atlanta United has to face. Could they go back to Bobby Dodd? Potentially. You know, that, that, that's going to be an option. Uh, but for now, those are, those are to-dos that still need to be checked off. So that's it. Thank you once again for listening to this special edition of Soccer Every Day. We now know the host cities for the 2026 World Cup. And if you are FIFA president, Giannini Infantino, you expect the 2026 World Cup to be the best World Cup of all time. He says that about every World Cup. But hey, maybe he's right. You know, whether or not you're a fan of the 48 team field, this World Cup in 2026 really is going to be a knockout for the sport here in the United States. If the 1994 World Cup gave birth to Major League Soccer and whether, you know, listen, you want to dunk on Major League Soccer and, and doesn't have pro rel, there's no relegation. Uh, you know, listen, we all have our issues with Major League Soccer, but still it's made tremendous strides and it wouldn't be here, wouldn't exist without the World Cup in 1994. And so what will the 2026 World Cup bring to the U.S., bring to North America from a sporting perspective. You know, I think for that World Cup, the one thing that we will see is a very strong U.S. men's national team, uh, a very strong Mexican national team. And Canada is wait and see, but I think they have also a generation of players that should be ready to really make noise in 2026. Essentially, it's such a big deal, the 2026 World Cup, that the 2022 World Cup that will kick off this winter is just an appetizer. It really is. It really is. I mean, it's going to be a very unique World Cup because of uh, where it's taking place and when it's taking place. Qatar in the in in the middle of winter and starting after Thanksgiving, th- starting right before Thanksgiving. Actually, the fact that Qatar you can go to every, you can go to you can see multiple games in one day. I mean, it's it takes you just one hour to get from one stadium to another max. In twenty twenty six, three countries. 16 cities, multiple venues, lots of travel, lots of fans. It's going to be wild. 
And so stay tuned for that. Stay here on this platform with The Athletic. Our reporters obviously doing a lot more reporting. We have your stadium guide and your city guide. We've done that one. Go to The Athletic and check that out. And I sure, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of stories coming from our reporters about the cities that didn't make it. So stay tuned for that. And once again, thanks for joining.